Welcome to the Beer Conspiracy Show. This is a comedy podcast where three longtime friends discuss off the wall topics, conspiracy theories, and horrific crimes. We like to drink beer and joke around about everything and tend to find humor in strange places, so this show may be considered offensive by some. Mature listening audience is advised. If you like weird stories, cracking a cold one, and having a laugh, you are going to love the Beer Conspiracy Show. <laughs> I'm ready. Hey, <laughs> Welcome to the Beer Conspiracy Show. Thank you guys for joining us tonight, today, or whatever two it is for you. Um, Tuesday. Tuesday. Thank you, guys. Um, so, I'm here with my two best buddies in my, my life. One of them being Dirty D. The other one being the red-ass cockbiter. <laughs> <laughs> you just gave, you gave your, yourself a new nickname. <laughs> cockbiter. <laughs> Me, I don't have a nickname. I'm just Aaron. And together we are the boys of the Beer Kids Brucey Show. Coming to you from the Boom Boom Room. Let me hear you say, well. Well. I'm not saying that. Yeah, thanks. Gay. Thanks. <laughs> All right, so this is the Boom Boom Room with the boys of the Beer Conspiracy Show. Guess what, guys? We got a couple segments we're gonna do before we get into the main topic. Number one, J Rod, take us to the beer corner. No champagne or girly drinks. We drink beer and beer and beer, beer, beer. No champagne or girly drinks. We drink beer and beer and beer, beer, beer. Uh, this is the second episode we recorded. But uh, we got beers all over the place. There's a bunch of different beers. Currently drinking a hop on. That was the Dirty D special of last week. Some leftovers. Some surprise it survived that in Aaron's guy. fridge. <laughs> That's the luckiest beer on Dirty earth right D there. <laughs> finally brought some beers. There was two left. I drank one last weekend because I needed to like a, a starter. A hair of the dog. Yeah, kind of. It was good, too. That. Thank you. appreciate it. White man's curse. Uh, <laughs> he's got a hop on. I'm drinking. I got one from last episode. It's a Shiner Tex-Mex. It's a Bruja's Brew. <laughs> I think that's what it's called. The Tex-Hex. Thank you said Tex-Mex. <laughs> it's close enough. Yeah. It's the same thing. It's a Tex-Hex Bruja's Brew IPA. It's very nice. Uh, Cactus Water's tasty. Amarillo hops are very good. So I appreciate the the high off your beers, Texas. I'm drinking a Paradise Park. I remember I had this a couple weeks ago and I loved it. But mm-hmm. after those commotions, this just doesn't really taste like anything. Well, really I mean, this is like a, it's a craft beer. It tastes real salty. Craft beer Bud Light. It's, all, yeah. it's one of those all day drinkers. For sure. I shouldn't have followed it up after such a delicious beer. That's why it's falling flat, but... I don't find commotion being that delicious. I, I'll i give you one next. You're going to be the best beer you had all night, for sure. That's reverse psychology. No, I'm being... I just wanted a commotion beer. I see what you did there. It tastes like fucking weed. I like, swear to God, it tastes like CBD oil. That's like what drug it, weed? Yeah. Paradise, Paradise Park. Park. No, nice. commotion. Oh, okay. It's real dank, as they say. It's, it tastes like fucking marijuana. It like a skunk? You ever mm-hmm. licked a skunk's butthole before? Tastes no. like weed. Is oh, it really? Dude. Yeah. I thought the skunk's... No, that's beaver butts where the vanilla extract comes from. Yeah. Yes. True stories. They're anal glands. I think Dirty D taught me that. Probably. He showed me as like, this is where you lick. <laughs> you gotta <laughs> squeeze, real good. You squeeze it out. <laughs> yeah. it's, like a, it's like a mother's milk coming out yeah. of his anal glands. 
Anyways, let's end this segment because it's getting real gross. Next segment, we're gonna kick it over to Dirty D for Dirty D's Dirty News. Okay, 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 okay. Welcome to this segment. Do the question, okay? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Welcome, Canspiracists, to this segment of Dirty D's Dirty News. On this segment, we're gonna talk about Jared's computer that (laughs) does not work. Because he likes to talk about it. <laughs> so his charger doesn't work. And he paid $300 for his computer. I'm this, fucking pissed about it. I this is what happens when you watch too much porn. I didn't even watch Viruses porn on that thing. attack your battery. I don't, right. I'm not a computer porn guy. I'm married. I gotta hide it on my phone when I go hide. I go in the closet or in the bathroom she or something. She said she looks at your phone. She likes to buy knows. physical we, media. We text him and he said he used to say she looked at the text messages. She does. And she used to message us back. That's she probably why they don't like us. She's hilarious. Then. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm, so the, the very mean intimidating ones were her? Yeah, exactly. Where you were like, I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I thought it sounded weird. Yeah. All right. So our second topic for... Another one. For this Dirty Deeds, Dirty News is dildo found inside catfish. Oh. Excuse me? (laughs) (laughs) And it's... Immediately go to, did somebody fuck the catfish? (laughs) Did it eat the dildo? Was he fucking itself? Mouth fucked the catfish with the dildo (laughs) and it swallowed it. Because I don't know if you can... I'm assuming this fish. fish was... Masturbating with a dildo, and then just happened to be like busted, busted. <laughs> I'm, I'm Look at this worm while I'm doing this. The fish I husband's gonna be pissed. He's like, I get hungry fish? after banging sometimes, so it was like, oh. But do this... you leave the dildo in your butt when you go eat? No, I take it out and <laughs> well, wash it. I put it. I throw it in the dishwasher. If I go to the, <laughs> if I throw it, if I'm going to the kitchen to get a snack, drop it in the dishwasher. You just and... walk by. <laughs> Shoot it out. No, I sneeze. <laughs> it shoots out straight in the dishwasher. So this was from a few days ago. An Indiana man's routine fishing trip with a friend turned into anything but ordinary after the pair learned what was inside of the catfish they had just reeled in. A big old dick. Was it a BBC? I don't know. <laughs> big black cock. Let's find out. Richard Kesser wanted to take his friend John Hoop out on the Ohio River near Lawrenceburg so Hoop could catch his first blue catfish. Hoop caught a catfish, making it the first catch of the day. Hoop and Kessler noted the fish had a larger-than-normal stomach, but didn't think much about it since the fish often swallow things such as other fish, turtles, and other animals. (laughs) And And big old dicks. (laughs) (laughs) They kept fishing, catching a few more before Kessler felt the fish and noticed what was inside was too hard. It's like, you ever seen a veiny fish, bro? (laughs) (laughs) This fish has balls on the inside. (laughs) And noticed what was inside was too hard to be another fish or animal. Once Kessler got home to his wife and three-year-old daughter, they cut the catfish open. Oh, Oh my God. (laughs) Can you imagine explaining that to a child? That's awesome. It's just, it's just a worm. It's just <laughs> it's a, a big worm. <laughs> what is that, Daddy? It's a, it's a graboid. <laughs> we decided to cut it open, and we found the foam ball, part of a fish, and the other object. <laughs> Inside, a foam ball, part of another fish, and a phallic-shaped sex toy. When it came out, my wife said, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> She's she said, dibs. <laughs> <laughs> 
When it came out, my wife and I, John, my wife and I, started laughing. My wife immediately covered my daughter's eyes and turned her away from it. A now non-viral Facebook post, Kessler posted graphic photos of the toy, stating, Well, we had a pretty interesting fishing trip this morning. We noticed the stomach was hard, but didn't expect this to come out of it. They all wonder how this toy ended up in the Ohio River and into the catfish's stomach. It's definitely something that doesn't happen often, he said. The graphic I imagine Facebook can a be seen murder weapon. Murder weapon somebody threw in the river. No, I'm thinking probably just like fell out of somebody's purse or something off a bridge and we hit the water. The fish was like, ooh, roast beef sandwiches. <laughs> what song was it playing? <laughs> was that Hey There? That wasn't Hey There, Delilah. On what? Um, that, the video you played. Of which one? Oh, with the, with the with girl the playing sandwich. the roast beef? Yeah. The oh, I don't know. It was just like... Dun, 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 dun. I don't know what song that is. That's a song. Let's see. Yeah, let's review the song. Shazam it. Shazam it. Shazam it. That's a let her go. Passenger. Passenger. Yeah, that's a good song. It is a good song. It's played by the roast beef vagina of the woman. Let her go by roast beef vagina. (laughs) And that concludes this segment of Dirty D's Dirty News. Okay, 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 okay. Oh, nice. I finally, so when I was editing, I had to find that song. Co- copy. Co- Schoolboy Q and Kanye. That's a good, I heard the whole song. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah that's a good song. good song. It's actually one of Kanye's better raps these days because he's not very good anymore. I like the newest album. Just came out a couple, well, six months ago or whenever. He's past his prime. Kim Kardashian ruins black lives. <laughs> she does. She's a Black Lives wrecker. She, her vagina sucks talented black men's souls into it. I agree with that. So, good luck, Pete Davidson. What? Oh, first white guy in a long time, right? Well, he, she ruined the Chris Humphreys guy's career, basketball career. Is he, he's he was black, I think. He is, isn't he mixed? This is what was found in the fish. Oh. Oh, it's even got the clip massager and everything. It's got a diddler on it. It's a dick and a diddler all in one. I believe that was featured in Diddler on the Roof. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Y'all ready to go into the main topic? Ready? Go for it. I'm doing it. Surprise. This is the first one since... Third time I've ever done a main topic. Welcome. Since my... uh, I was like one of the when the Monsterfest, Monsterfest, yeah, and then the demons, yep. Monsterfest. <laughs> <laughs> that was good times. You guys should go back and listen to Monsterfest. Those were some funny fucking episodes. That was pretty early on. Yeah, I mean, that was only a couple months in. Yeah. So you know, get on Facebook and let us know how much you hate this one. <laughs> Fuck you, man! <laughs> if I'm the cause for our first bad review, I'm gonna kill myself. All right. Berkshire UFO incident is how it's more popularly known by. What is it less popularly known by? Berkshire incident. I don't Got know. it. Moving on. All right. On the evening of September 1st, 1969, an unexplained phenomenon occurred in Berkshire County, Massachusetts. 69. 69, dude. <laughs> We gotta do a special thing for the 69th episode. We should have done a special thing we for the 50th episode. Is this our 69th episode? No. This, uh, like this is 53. like 50, yeah. Berkshire County is in northwest Massachusetts and includes the towns of Sheffield and Great Barrington, where most of the reports and strange events took place. During 
the Berkshire UFO incident, there was over 45 witnesses that reported seeing strange lights and experiencing other strange occurrences, including adults and children in multiple towns. I think it was like six or seven little rural towns. There's even a town in Connecticut like 20 miles away that had reports of shit or whatever. Some witnesses reported being abducted and taken aboard a strange craft before being released. They sucked on those alien titties? Like in my drawings? No, I don't think any. nobody sucked on alien titties. I, I couldn't find that information. I wouldn't mind. <laughs> I'm a tit guy. So. Yeah, you would suck on some alien titties? Yeah, I like to... What if it looked like it was a dick, but he was like, no, that's my tits. Or she oh, was like... Tits, but the he... nipples are dicks? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, it's not weird. What because... if there's a smoking hot chick? Looks like a smoking hot chick. It's not weird because that is her race's nipples. What if it's also her race's dicks and that was a man instead? So she's a man. Right. But she looks like a chick. It's not weird. It's a different race. But she didn't know that, but the chicks actually have vaginas on their boobs as nipples instead of dicks. (laughs) So you just suck two dicks. (laughs) It's not weird. It's not gay because it's a different race. That's true. It's more bestiality than it is homosexuality. So if you bang like a boy goat, then you're more your bestiality, not homosexuality. Oh, I did not know that. But we're talking about aliens <laughs> here. It's a different race. Like, okay, well, if I mean, Captain, remember Captain Kirk? Asians are that, a different race. It's different. So if I bang race, an Asian dude, I'm not gay. It's a different race of humanoid. So is an Asian man, right? No, they're a different race of human. Humanoid. I see the oid is the. It's the oid the thing that makes it different. Freakazoid. Like you can, you can bring, freaky. you can bang Freakazoid and it not be gay because he's the a Freakazoid blue. is a regular boy that turns into the Freakazoid. Yeah, when so he turns into makes, the freak, when he makes you a pedophile. When he turns into the freak, <laughs> no, dude. If a he was like a, a high grown, schooler. If a grown chick brings Shazam, that's not she's not a pedophile. So what if you're Tom Hanks as a grown man, but you're really a little boy that turned into a grown man, and somebody bangs him? then does that make you a pedophile? If you were an adult at the time, it's fine. If you're an adult and the little kid magically got turned into an adult for a few days, it's okay. I wonder about that that in those those body-shifting movies. That is him as an adult. What what do you call that when they switch bodies? No, he didn't switch. Like a that's Friday him. situation. That's not he a. Just that's not big. A, that's not big. It's not a body switch. That is him when he's an adult. So he was a child. But he's got the mind of a child. So that's what most... I'm saying. Like a, situ- a Freaky Friday situation. If right. the old lady like bangs like an old dude, he's really banging like a 15 year old pedophile. Like, that's a pedophile. What if it's in the situations reversed? Oh, okay. Now I see what somebody like a fifteen-year-old, but the, the she has the mind of a sixty or fifty-year-old lady. I was talking yeah, about but then the, the dude's fucking the body of a fifteen-year-old. Still so pedophile. Pedophile. Yeah. pedophile I think way. what we can establish <laughs> is that if there's any kind of sex with a minor involved, you're a pedophile. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, dictionary. <laughs> in any way, shape, or form. I think if there's a child involved, it's you're a pedophile. If you're an adult. Stay away from the 15-year-olds or any chick that looks younger because they're most likely underage. Nowadays, good advice. (laughs) (laughs) Don't make children. Just (laughs) rule of thumb. If the girl has white hair, it's okay. Anything other than that, stay away from it because they're probably like 12. They dyed their hair. Let me ask you this hypothetical situation. Then that's entrapment, bro. (laughs) What if... That was her fault. Exactly. What if you 
go out to a bar and you like meet a girl. She looks kind of young. So, but she's in a bar, 21 and older. And then you even ask her like, how old are you? You look really young. I'm 21. They're like, no way. Show me your ID to prove it. She shows your ID. She says 21. It's a fake ID. That's how she got in the bar. Pedophile. And then you banged her. Going to jail. See, that's hard. How is that? At, how's the guy at fault there, though? Like, every See, thing in the situation would say, like, she said it. She was 21. Her ID said she's 21. She's in a I mean, bar where only 21-year-olds are allowed. Dude, if you're a man, you're always going to be wrong. Right. That's so, one, the bar Female let her in. Privilege. So, they checked her ID. That's Determined that it's, like, a real ID. Determined that... That was a You asked ID. her how old she was. She said 21, and she showed you her ID. So three out of three says she's 21. So one, the bar should be prosecuted because they're letting underage kids in their bar. Two, she lied and said, well, I think having a fake a ID, having a fake ID is illegal, too. So well, I'm saying, though, is that a crime? Like, I'm is sure that man going to go sure to jail happens. or whatever? I was just, we were talking about... That story earlier yeah. or whatever. And that popped in my head. You know what I'm saying? Well, I like, wanted to talk about it because I wanted to bring it to light to, like, the whole, like, some listeners. But then you said some things. I'm not going to. No, I'm not getting into that. I'm not starting that shit yeah, that's storm. Yeah, I'm saying. We don't talk about Bruno. We don't talk about Bruno. No, no, no. All right. We're talking about Berkshire UFO incident. Yeah. I'm- some other people reported seeing a craft bright lights experiencing a phenomenon known as missing time that's all a lot what, of ufo it's like, like they wipe your or, mind before you yeah before they drop you like off. so they pick you up and then they wipe everything that's going on so you're just like yeah i was there i was there do you remember what happened when i was like yeah, i was just there for five minutes and they're like you were there for 15 days yeah how big is your butthole <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> and then they're like, I, I mean, I sit on the toilet and shit just I remember, like. I remember it always being out. four feet wide. <laughs> yeah. That's how it's always been. It's yeah. so noisy when I shit now. First, I'm going to go over the witnesses, and then I'm going to get into kind of like some, some of the main witnesses. Like I said, there was over 45. Most of them were reported to either law enforcement, friends and family, or a radio station, a specific popular regional radio station. Do aliens probe women's vaginas or butts? butts? I don't think it's all butts. Yeah, it's only butts. They're big why? into the butt game. So okay. They what don't do you mean? Care why? About the vagina, so they're, the they're you butts. can learn a lot from the butt. Like, what do these people eat? They're butt guys. Like, yeah, yeah, right. So they don't like Arby's. Yeah, they like no. Arby's. No, the roast beef. <laughs> <laughs> well, they they get it on the way out. You know, catch it on the way out. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. second harvest. What's it smell like back there? <laughs> Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> All right, we're going to talk about the witnesses. They include four main people, and it's super confusing because I think three or four of the men in the th- are named Tom, and two of the women are named Jane. Tom Hanks, Tom Cruise, Tom Berenger, Tom... Brady. Green. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's just a coincidence a conspiracy, or if aliens just like Tom and Jane's... Your breath stinks, you gotta go. Or Talking to the dome. Yeah, her breath stinks. Yeah, so if you're a Tom and a Jane, you better, like, hide your, butt. your butthole. Yeah, watch your <laughs> butthole, because they're coming for you. Alright, Jane Green. She has lived in Great Barrington since she was 12. Her family was prominent because they owned a Rexall pharmacy, and it's the oldest chain pharmacy in the Northeast or whatever. It's well, apparently like a big a thing. Oh, really? 
in, yeah, in, in downtown. Remember, right they, across from they shot it at. Uh, oh, is it where the uh, one with uh, the ice cream places next to Sweet Rolls? Kevin Costner and Woody yeah, Harrelson just had that movie, The Outlaws or whatever yeah, it's called. They had no the Rex. Yeah, uh, I do yeah, remember that. Right by the tacos and beer. Yeah, it's where right next to Sweet Rolls or where? No, Sweet it Rolls is Sweet Rolls because it's gone. I think Rex right. is gone. I, I for some reason I knew it sounded familiar, had, but I didn't they remember had the that. Big sign forever and ever. Yeah, although like the the pharmacy yeah, that sign. Rick Salt sign. I think my I almost went to work there. My dad knew the owner of that. That's I totally forgot. I just totally forgot about took that. That as a profession. That's I a know. Good. I would have done all the drugs though. I should have well, did that too. Jane Green was around thirty years old and was married with children, and she ran the family pharmacy successfully and was considered an upstanding member of the town and everybody like trusted her and she was just like a normal she married to tom green <laughs> no tom warner his family lived in the same house in great barrington for six generations so they've been in the same house forever like he's born and raised there he still lives there nerd <laughs> i was gonna say loser <laughs> he lives with his parents uh, I don't know, I'm probably dead by now. This is 50 years ago. So it's so. haunted. He was the youngest of seven children. He was 10 years old in 1969 when the incident occurred. He still lives in the Warner family home, and he is very skeptical to talk about it. He doesn't like the attention. He only started talking about it uh, this time, Warner. Re- pay attention to the last names because there's so, so many Toms. He never talked about it. Until recently, when it was like just resurfaced and all the alien shit got popular again. And there's a reason why this particular story got so much attention. Unsolved Mysteries, when they rebooted it, it was only a first season two years ago or whatever. So he only told his story recently. Right. Other than like uh, originally, like oh, yeah. all these people originally told their story. And then like a lot of them and the, the witnesses didn't want the attention. They're not people think of you differently. They think right. you're a lunatic or whatever. Right. So they don't want to keep talking about it so then when the unsolved mysteries came out it brought a bunch of shit up and i'll mention that several times i only remember like two <clears> episodes <throat> from the new uh, i remember the song about somebody jumping off a building into yeah, the next building that, and fall- yeah that was a good episode that one and then there was like a politician that just vanished or something or well they had him like all night on camera he like one night or i'm sorry that night like they had him on camera walking around like a parking garage but he had like one shoe on and you talk to the yeah 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 you yeah. talk to the the like what's it called like the parking garage guy yeah like they the security attendant or whatever and then he just he ended up in like the trash like the garbage island yep that one that one those are the only two that stuck out because they were fucking crazy <laughs> and i couldn't figure out what happened <laughs> those are good i love unsolved mysteries yeah. it's a good show oh by the way how was that commotion it was not as good as you said it oh, was they're all just the same they're all a little uh, fruity. Commotion's not fruity at all. It tasted taste fruity it. as no. fuck. <laughs> Jared rubbed off on that yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> I'll put a spell on it. <laughs> all right, Jane Shaw. Second Jane. Childhood friend of Tom Warner. They were next door neighbors to each other. Jane Shaw was pretty much like an older sister to Tom Warner. I think she had a younger sister who was Tom's age. She was like three, four years old. She was kind of like his unofficial babysitter that lived next door. He would just pop over there and play. Sounds like a porno. He would pop over there and play with the sisters. And uh... Oh, I bet he did. <laughs> oh, one of the like, a little mini documentary I watched, it kind of made it sound like Jane Shaw and Tom Warner wound up getting married. Nice. But 
I don't think that's the case. I don't know why. Just kind of like because they were close friends, close to each other. They just kind of portrayed it that way to like dramatize, dramatization, dramatization. I'm starting to feel the beers. My man, those guys are like lucky to have like a in the movies. They always have like a hot neighbor chick to hang out with, but they're like she's girl, she's icky, and then they're all, all after the the really slutty girl, right? And then they're like, I had a hot. Beautiful, funny. All she had to do is take right her there. ponytail down and put her glasses. And, take her glasses. No, take your glasses. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, Idiots. how do you get so lucky? I don't know. Tom Reed, second Tom of the story. He was born in Queens, New York, in 1959. Had a younger brother, Matthew. Tom Reed is—he's like the most famous one from this story, or whatever. His whole family comes into play. So I'm going to leave a little bit more of a background on him. The background on these people is hard to find. They're not really famous or anything, and they don't want the attention. So it's kind of hard to find. Like, see that kind of stuff. If they don't want the attention, yeah, nope. it makes it more real. Like it's more believable if they. Yeah, don't want yeah, the attention. I, I agree. But what if they know that that makes it more real, so they pretend to not want? Then the that's attention. evil genius that's stuff, long, and I mean, we should kill them. That's a super long con. It's been fifty fucking years since this happened. Especially because they're not gonna make any money off of this. They're like, not. Nobody. I think Tom Warner wrote a book just, like, recently in the last couple yeah, years. Yeah, but now they're real old and lonely, so they're like, oh, I wish the people would talk to me. So Tom Reed, younger brother Matthew, grandmother, and mother moved to Berkshire County in 1969. That would make Tom 10 years old and his younger brother 9. His mother, Nancy, acquired a restaurant called The Village Green. It was located in Sheffield, Massachusetts. It's a popular place where many locals gathered... And it was a successful business. Like, it was a, you know, she made good money and it was a good investment or whatever. At the time, Nancy was a single mother trying to give her sons a good life. In an interview, Tom said that she wanted to move to Berkshire County because it was like a Norman Rockwell kind of life. Small town, really nice weather and stuff. The area is pretty. What year was this again? 1969. So they moved from New York to this small town kind of suburban Andy Griffith show vibe uh Mayberry kind of thing Mayberry. you know why didn't you think of that dirty D I did I just oh, didn't say it okay so what spurred the move is she was just had finished finalized a bitter divorce from her husband Howard he uh, was a doctor Dr. Howard Reed back then huh they didn't have divorces back then <laughs> I'm not divorcing a doctor I mean I want to rich- she obviously is did okay from the divorce if she's able to buy a, a successful restaurant you know what Marry a doctor, divorce him, take half his stuff. That's probably what happened. I'm in a woman mindset right, right now. Can we be canceled? Well, they apparently all the listeners hate our racist stuff. What about the feminine? I, don't know, I mean, we haven't gotten any negative feedback on anything. Yeah, they love. So the that bitch stuff. was like, <laughs> "I'm marrying up, and I'm taking that fucker's money." You don't have to. Women don't have feelings. Don't worry about it. They're just blood suckers. True. And and dick suckers. <laughs> if you're lucky. <laughs> Fucking bra- this guy bragging over here. Lucky. <laughs> All right, so his dad, Tom's dad, and uh, Nancy's husband, Dr. Howard Reed. We just got rid of was, any women listeners. Yeah, we don't have any. I don't know who gives a shit. Oh, he's not a medical doctor. My bad. Dr. Howard Reed is a prominent attorney. Oh, shit. That's why she divorced him. Attorneys <laughs> are found Yeah, apparently he might have his doctorate in something. Really? I don't know. Yeah. He's probably a. That's, I don't know. That's weird. Yeah, so he's a prominent attorney in New York. So if you get a master's, you're a doctor, correct? No, no, no? no a, a doctorate. You have to get a doctorate. In a 
field. So what's his field? I mean, he could have like minored in something else and just went on and got his doctorate as bird an attorney law. or whatever. <laughs> bird law, yeah. You laugh, but I guarantee, I'm pretty sure bird law is probably a real thing. That guy on that TV is probably protected by somebody that's like, he's a, he's a what's it called? One of those... Endangered species. Endangered species. And I'm like, yep. He later saw the incident cited at the United Nations in 1992. All right. So Tom Reed is the most well-known person when it comes to the story. He's the most outspoken. And he's kind of the one who keeps the story going. He's been the, he's never been afraid to talk about it or whatever. Uh, he's been on a bunch of the, like the alien shows and he's done a bunch of interviews and all kind of shit. Only reason I brought it up is because his dad is one of the lawyers who wind up like seeing this as becoming like a real story so which or whatever. Tom is this? Tom Reed. The son? Don't even worry about his dad okay. anymore. Don't <laughs> okay. You're getting drunk, right. don't ask any questions. You got it. <laughs> so like I was saying, he's been on a bunch of those alien shows and shit. Ancient aliens and all these crazy things or whatever. The yeah. ones where you're like, You are not the father. <laughs> <laughs> Murray. <laughs> but he, he says, like, he winds up hating all the way they come out. They try to tell his story and they make it seem silly. They make him seem not credible. And he always hates, like, he fights with the producers and the creators and always hates the way it comes out. And but he's usually he's doing it. Well, I mean, he's got to make a living. <laughs> you got to get paid. <laughs> right. Yeah. Money's not going to make itself. But he has, like, he'll outwardly say, like, well, that was that was ridiculous. That's not the way it happened. The Commonwealth of Massachusetts officially inducted Tom Reed into the United States history when the state archived this event as historically true. Now it's part of like the court thing I was saying. This pioneering move on behalf of the state made the front page of the Boston Globe in 2015, and they even created a UFO park in his honor. And I think that was in 2015. I think actually I just read that they tore all that down like the city hates it. They don't yeah, want all that. They don't want to be associated with it. But what you bring just in, said the city made it. They did originally. He had a big part in like getting that erected, like this the park. Boner. You would think they would want the like the tourism and stuff. They right. don't want it though. This is like I was saying. This is a small town. It's not a tourist town. They don't yeah. want a bunch of fucking That's weirdos. Not, yeah. That's not the people like you hanging want to out around. exactly. So they all got it tore down. They don't want no part of it. Which, in my opinion, makes the story seem more believable. Nobody's profiting off of this. Like, nobody's making money. It's not one of those things where, like, a whole town, like, told a bunch of stories or heard a few stories and are like, oh, we can make a bunch of money. And, like, Roswell is basically what that is, you know? Right. The whole town is a tourist trap. I went there. It's shit. It was just a hair balloon. Probably so. But anyway... And to my, in my opinion, it makes this more believable. Melanie Kirchdorfer was born and raised in Berkshire County. She was born in 1957, which made her 12 years old when the events took place. She remains in Berkshire County to this day and is a small business owner in the area. And that's kind of a little, this is the, the most background I could find on the, the main witnesses. So we're going to jump right in to the first encounter all right at around dusk on september 1st 1969 jane green was driving with her girlfriend mary de grace she a lesbian no she she's an old lady this she's like 80 something years friend. old okay yeah she kept calling her her girlfriend multiple times and i actually thought for a minute and i put in my story like she was a lesbian nice then you <laughs> but then i later found out she was married with kids so the, well, 
You got to remember what age she's. She's from. like eighty five years old yeah. at the time of the where they the interview I got this from. Super weird. What if that was a cover that they were like? She's married with kids. I don't know. Her husband's probably banging both. Good Ooh, for him. I think that's all right. As long uh, as you, as long as you're allowed to be there, I think that's okay. And you don't catch feelings. Can't catch feelings. Mary DeGrace is now deceased, and I couldn't find any information on her, and I couldn't find any kind of... That's the girlfriend? Yeah, her friend. I couldn't find any information on her like corroborating the story at all. But her and Mary were driving from Stockbridge to Great Barrington. While driving down the road, they saw several bright lights ahead of them. At first, Jane thought there had been an accident, and that the lights were from police cars or emergency services. As she got closer, she realized that she could not drive anymore because the lights were so bright. She was forced to pull to the side of the road. So it's like you're driving down the highway and there's just super fucking bright lights ahead and you just get closer and closer and you have to pull over. Can't I'll just keep going. <laughs> yeah, you got to get past it at some right. point. If you're in my lane and I can't see you, if I crash, it's, right. it's I mean, your, I know. It's your I just, fault. I hold on to the steering wheel and accelerate. I drive Fuck straight. It. If you're in my lane when I crash, then that's your fault. <laughs> Uh, she said there was another car right in front of them that also pulled over. But again, I couldn't find any story about this other person. I guess they just never came forward. Or maybe they were wrapped into the other one of the other 45 witnesses and just like didn't leave their name or get like ever, you know, get into more detail over it or whatever. Jane Green and Mary got out of the car to get a better look. They saw a huge object floating over the road in front of them. It was so large that Jane could not see the end of it from right to left. She could not tell what color it was, but she recalled that it was tall and immense. She did not see any windows on it or did not hear any noise coming from it at all. It was like a seamless, kind of shiny, bright object. Within a few seconds, the object lifted up, went to the left, lifted up even higher, and then went over the mountains at an extremely fast speed. Jane Green is quoted saying that she was a non-believer of UFOs and flying saucers until that night. She recalled that after seeing the craft, she drove into Great Barrington and pulled over in front of the family store on Main Street, where her husband was working. She and Mary were in disbelief as to what had happened. They went inside the store and told her husband about the experience, and he suggested they go to the local radio station. You ladies are, you little ladies are on your period. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he did, he did say, he told them. It was just swamp gas, and he asked them how much they were drinking that night. Was there? <laughs> do they have swamp around? I don't there? know. That's just like a thing. I don't know. Like it's just a thing that everybody says anytime they see lights or whatever. I feel the like UFO case. When they say swamp gas, is just fart. Yeah, I don't know what. Did you fart? Fart it. It's like it like rotten up. vegetation from the swamps, it like lights. methane, and apparently will like glow and shit. What know? else is methane farts? Yeah, that's exactly it. Uh, He told her to report it to the local radio station, and she went there and met with Tom J., another Tom. He was the director of the WSBS radio station. He didn't believe her, because this was the first report of the night. He told her she was crazy and thought there was a hoax, so he just kind of played it off. A few hours later... Does your husband know where you are? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, ma'am. Did he allow you to tell me this story? (laughs) I'm going to need to check in with your husband make sure this is okay. Within a few hours, he became inundated with calls from other people and sightings. So they sightings. heard it on the radio, so all these other people called in to make up stories as well. No, here's that's the thing. She went there and reported it, and he was like, you're fucking crazy. This is silly. Oh, like it didn't air. And then he just kept getting bombarded with phone calls. Okay. 
from people saying, I saw this object or whatever. And then at some point in the night, and I'll get back to him, he eventually does go on air and talk about it or whatever. But he's that's going to come back in at the end of the, the main witnesses or whatever. Around the same time, Tom Warner was at his neighbor Jane Shaw's house, coloring with her little sister Debbie. She was babysitting both the kids and no adults were home. As it got dark out, he went over and looked out the window because he noticed a bright light shining in. He heard a voice say, you need to go home now. He said he thought that God was telling him to go home. He thought like God was talking to him. It's like telepathically. Huh? As one would. As well, obviously. If God was making a voice in your movie, who's the voice? Morgan Freeman. You? Yeah, it's got to be Morgan Freeman. Jeff Bridges. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. I'm taking Jeff. Yeah, I'm changing mine to Kurt Russell. I mean, you should. He doesn't have a, like a God voice, though. He's, he's got, got kind a of cool, a, he he's got a cool one. voice. It's just cool like voice. a raspy, like. Yeah. But he used to do it. Uh, he God. did the voice of Elvis in Forrest Gump. Oh, I changed my and answer. He did Elvis in a movie. 3,000 miles. No, no, no. He did Elvis in like one of his first adult movies. He played Elvis. And then he did 3,000 miles to great. So he's a. Let's just say he's like an Elvis impersonator. So your god is Elvis. Okay. Do you see the new guy, the new Elvis guy in this movie? And I'm it's getting, like fucking CGI getting, or something. It's, it's been just like, so weird. I'm getting mixed signals from that. It's been like six months later, and apparently he still talks with an Elvis accent. Oh, yeah. he's like too far. He's in too yeah. deep. <laughs> they filmed it for like two years. They said you never go full retard. <laughs> I heard him sing, and it was not terrible. I don't understand the anim. Like, is it animated or is it real? It's like Sin City. What are you saying? Animated though? Huh? What? It's not animated. Have you not seen the like? It's so CGI that it looks like it's like Sin City or something. Oh no! You haven't noticed that? Maybe like just like the lighting. Yeah, maybe you're blinded by the lights. No, it's definitely like Sin City. It's like half CGI. It's fucking weird. Oh yeah, I've seen the trailer. You seen the trailer in movie theaters? No. no, that's why. I haven't been in movie theaters. Were you high? No, I was drunk there. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. It was probably like a, the oh, uh, Buzz Lightyear movie trailer <laughs> or something. <laughs> Look at all this CGI. <laughs> I watched a video of him playing Elvis's guitar, like a new video, and it was actually... And he apparently... He played like four chords over and over <laughs> and over again, but that's pretty good. Most people can't play four chords. He heard the voice saying, you need to go home. He said he felt like something was like really wrong, just kind of like immediately scared and, you know, you just get like that worried feeling, but he was... It's your gut saying... Yeah, like, your gut, you a gut feeling something's here, bad or whatever. So that paired with the like telekinetic voice of saying, go home, he just like jumps up and runs out the house. So Jane is kind of babysitting, so she like follows him out. She's like, what the hell are you doing? Why are you just jumping up and running out or whatever? So she comes outside, and she looks out into the yard. He's probably like, you know, 50 feet ahead of her or whatever. And she notices that he's just running in place. Oh, that's crazy. Like, he's running full speed. I don't tell him, like, knee-high. Like, he looks like he's actually running, but he's not going anywhere. So he realized he wasn't moving, and that's when he knew something was really wrong. So he, he or like, she, he like him. Oh, he finally realized he, yeah, he, wasn't he realized moving? he wasn't going anywhere. And that's when he said he felt like. Then he really felt like like physically ill. Like he was something was really wrong at this point. Oh, now he said he didn't feel like it was God talking to him anymore. He was like worried at this point, more like the devil or something. They kind of know about religion or something because 
I think I've heard of them. Like the aliens? Yeah, like doing this. Let's say like a fatherly tone that people have always like, God told me to do this. Yeah. They well, must know about our and religions. And in the ancient, ancient aliens oh, yeah. episode we did or whatever was uh, riddled with religion. That was like, that was the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I could see that. It's just like unexplainable things. You just jump right to that or whatever. I wonder if the aliens are the same ones from back then. Because, you know, we know all about different races and stuff. I wonder if. Could be. I wonder if the ancient aliens are actually aliens coming back in modern times. I mean, why would it be different ones? What if, I mean... Are they still alive? Do they live that long? Be like or well, our... Generations later? Well, our yeah. generations now are way different than the generations from back then, so... The if they're so aliens, advanced, maybe they do live thousands of years or whatever. Could. Yeah, that's a good point. Questions will never get answered until they come... Touch our butts. Until Mars, <laughs> Mars attacks. I carry a bottle of lube on me just in case, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Get that just in case. All right. I'm going wrong. Just in case I'm being a nice guy. If I'm going, <laughs> I think I, I, I always say this. If I'm going in, I'm going all in. Like, y'all just do it. Blast your butthole wide open, huh? Just rip it to pieces. <laughs> rip it like tissue paper. <laughs> Don't tear it up to where I can't use it anymore, but like. Make it hurt for a long time. I want to feel it. I want to feel it. <laughs> <laughs> I want to remember this moment for the rest of my life. <laughs> All right, he, at this point, he, he turns to his left, and he saw a UFO drop out of the sky. A beam from the craft came down onto him. As the light shone on him, his hands jerked back behind him, and he levitated, levitated into the air. Is he still running? No. he's oh. At this point, his hands uncontrollably get jerked back, and he's like levitating into the air, exorcism style or whatever. Not jerking. Not jerking off, jerking back. Yeah, so he's frozen floating in the air a couple feet. He said he felt the sensation of the air being sucked out of his body, and he remembers feeling the extreme fear of the telepathic thoughts or whatever. They're just like telling him, kind of commanding him kind of thing, and all he can basically feels like he can't breathe, and then they're controlling his thoughts kind of thing. He's just super scared. And he said he felt the feeling of weightlessness. You drop on a roller coaster, or like you're landing on an airplane really quick or something. So he, he threw up everywhere. <laughs> it doesn't say that, but I definitely would. So Jane is witnessing all this. She's on the porch, just like frozen in fear. Like she doesn't know what the fuck she's seeing. She saw the light around him get much brighter. And then all of a sudden he just vanishes into thin air. She's babysitting, right? Yeah. So she's fucked at this point. She's <laughs> in trouble. You're out of all that money. You were all, <laughs> all, all two dollars. <laughs> You expect it to probably get, was like two dollars. It's probably then. like cents, fifty yeah. cents. Mm-hmm. Probably like that. Would buy you like a a house and a farm. Yeah. The dad was probably like, uh, if you don't, if you watch my kid, I won't beat the shit out of you. <laughs> Better times. <laughs> <laughs> you can pay for everything with an ass whoop. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so she's just sitting there, like super confused. She's. Am I dreaming? Like, what's oh, happening? Fucking guys. This can't be real. Happy feet. So she runs out into the yard and begins to search frantically, and she can't believe what she just witnessed. Where is she searching? There's just no out in the searching. yard, like she's just confused as fuck, basically. All right, so now we're going to jump to another witness. Around the same time, Melanie... Well, I don't need to say her last name, because it's Saint. just one Melanie. Was it Dickens? No. no. <laughs> Fitzgerald. I'm going to go back up, because I didn't read... Kirchdorfer. I wouldn't have said it either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Melanie and her family went to the local Sounds dairy. like a Nazi to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Nazi name if I ever heard a Nazi name. 
Melody and her family went to the local Dairy Queen to get some ice cream. They went to Lake Mansfield, which is about two miles from where Tom Warner and Jane Shaw's homes were. As their father backed into the parking lot of the lake trail, a brilliant, bright aura came around their car. So it immediately, like, grabbed their attention. It was extremely bright. It wasn't like car lights or a flashlight or anything. Like, it was just like, holy shit. It's like fucking, you know, bright as daylight. So are we saying multiple UFOs? Like, they're just a couple... I'm taking it as one one UFO. Like, it's one ship. So they just just picked up that time, and now they're... Popping the down the road a little bit, okay. yeah. That's what it. That's what I took the whole story as, yeah. So the light immediately grabbed their attention. Melanie recalls the event giving her goosebumps when the light shone on her car, and the dad yelled out, "Holy shit!" Immediately they knew like something was up. It wasn't like a car driving by or something. So everyone in the car began to panic, and they also felt a sense of unsettling fear and that something was wrong, just like Tom Warner did. The kids and the mother started screaming at the dad to go home and to go away from the lights. Like, they were all super afraid. Uh, but the father decided to chase the light, despite Melanie and the rest of her family begging him not to. He's running after it? No, in the car. In They're the sort car? of driving after oh, it. Yeah. Dude, so, I feel like a dad would not take his whole family. If I'm alone, I'm chasing after it. But if but you're not alone. Laura and the kids are in the car, I'm, and they're scared we're going to try to go right. away from it. You know, like... That seems He's crazy a, to sounds me. Sounds like a terrible dad to me. <laughs> so she and her sister began to shake in fear. Her sister and parents did not remember anything after that. So they all claim to the whole family recounts the story as they went to get ice cream. They went to the lake. They remember seeing the lights and then that's it. Then they're home. They don't remember the dad chasing after the light or anything. But Melanie remembers the dad chasing it down a country road where the light overtook the car and she began feeling weightless and began levitating in the air and having the same feelings as Tom Warner when he was trapped in the light beam or whatever. Weightlessness, being thrown back, levitating, blah, blah, blah. So the dad's chasing after the UFO. He's being taken up, but she was no, no, also... No. She alone, like the light overtook the car, and then she was like abducted out of the car. So nobody she got abducted. Out of the car, yes. But nobody else remembers but it. And no. not the dad. We're going to get to that in a second. So after that, she had a brief memory of being on the ship. She said she was laid out as if she was on a hospital bed. She remembers it as being a bright, large room with a bunch of children in it. Just basically a huge, bright, empty hospital room with hospital beds. And there being a bunch of other children standing around and laying on beds or whatever. She remembers the time frame as being like just several minutes or whatever. And then the other kids just started vanishing into thin air, like, out of the room. Well, so we have two teenagers being abducted Yeah, so she was, like, 13, Melanie was, and I think Tom was around 10. Okay. So it's young adult, or, I mean, young teenagers and kids, yeah. So, like I said, she remembered, like, the young, it's just a room full of young kids and young teenagers, and they started disappearing out of the room, like, just vanishing. So Tom Warner (laughs) remembered being on the ship also. He says he was on the ship also, and he remembered seeing Melanie right in front of him on the ship. How do... He recalled seeing a total fear on her face. She couldn't move or talk. How do we know that's her? Like, he... Okay. However, she does not remember seeing him at all. She just recalls seeing a bunch of kids and nobody in particular. After... (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> dumb bitch can't remember anything. After that, she She's woke so up at the absorbed with herself. <laughs> she woke up at the lake by herself, just scared and confused. She then had to walk home about two miles and didn't know what had happened to her family in the car. So she shows back up at the lake. They're gone. Her dad left her there. So she had to walk all the way home. When she got home, it was like instantaneously when she walked through the door, they woke up. They snapped too. What? When she got home, the family had no memory of getting home or anything after the bright lights. They were all extremely confused. And they were like, what the hell is ha-? like? We were just at the lake and saw those bright lights, right? And the, her sister and mother was like, yeah, what is happening? This is crazy. And then Melanie was like, well, I just had to walk home from the fucking lake. <laughs> Thanks, Where were y'all? Thanks for leaving me. <laughs> yeah. And then they were like, what are you talking about? We just appeared here or whatever. You guys had blizzards and... <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. And then you left me there at the lake. So they don't remember driving home without her. And at this point, several hours had passed, which they had no recollection of. Like, they literally just like... Like, we're sitting in this room, and then like, boom, three hours from now, you come to in your house. That's, <laughs> That's fucking crazy. <laughs> And I would say, That's happened before. lay off, we'll ease back on the drugs and alcohol. <laughs> so, I mean, that kind of like, the only thing pops in my head there is like they were drugged or something, right? Just like mind controlled hypnosis? No, well, no, I mean like they got the ice cream from the Dairy Queen and they like, it was a fuckload of like, well, like if it wasn't heavy an drugs fucking or drugging something. the... Dairy Queen. I don't know. That's, only the, that's the only like small normal explanation I could come up with or whatever. There's no normal explanation. That's why this is a actual they made it up. alien abduction. Alright, so meanwhile, Tom Warner, remember this is at the same time because he saw her on the ship. Ten-year-old. Ten-year-old Tom Warner remembered being laid down back on the ground at the Shaw family property. A beam still surrounding him. Jane is still... Looking for him, right? Remember Jane? The babysitter. Right. Jane Shaw still looking for him. She witnessed him just appearing again out of thin air and the light reappearing. Like, boom, a light. So there she's he been looking for him this whole time and then boom. A boom, a light re- appears on him. She yelled out to him to run. However, he told her he could not run because the beam was holding him down. <laughs> the voice came back to him and said, I'll be done in a minute. Oh, dude. <laughs> that's not God. <laughs> that's not God. Wait, I'm almost there. I'll be done in a minute. <laughs> if your face is being pushed into a pillow and God says I'll be done in a minute, it's not God. Yeah. Within a minute, the Damn, light dude. the light beam went off and he was able to get up. He turned around and watched the light disappear and the ship disappeared. Jane Shaw recalls that only seven minutes had passed between the time that he was picked up and returned. Okay, so she witnessed everything happened to him, but she never saw a UFO? No, she saw the UFO okay, and the light and everything. See. Yeah, she, she saw, saw the UFO she saw, and, the, and light. the light. Him running in place, levitating, boom, he vanishes. She's out in the field for seven minutes, freaking out, looking for him. Then the light shows back up. So she only knows seven minutes. Seven minutes is that she recalls it being a seven minutes. Pretty sure I've seen a documentary or something it's on this. X Files. Like, Everything you're saying sounds so familiar. Like well, as like I said, this is, there's an unsolved mysteries on it or whatever. Must have been something like that. So, Melanie and Tom, she didn't see him, he saw her. Melanie and Tom did not know each other at all beforehand. When they met for the first time about three years later, they actually met in high school. I guess she was like maybe like a junior, senior in high school. 16. 
He's 13. He she was, was 13. He was 10. So she was like a junior, senior. He's like a freshman in high school or whatever. A couple years later, they get to the same school and he meets her or whatever. Oh, dude. Bang and recognized old, her. Bang that older chick. She said she felt an immediate connection to him as like they had known each other for years. And she even called him like her brother and said that felt like they were long lost siblings. He ain't getting Sap. it. Sap. No. Poor guy. Yeah. He's friend zoned. Brother zoned. <laughs> so I, That's I, even I, worse. <laughs> <laughs> You cannot brother zone. <laughs> if you're brother zone, you're, you're not, not getting it. <laughs> They're coming from the brother zone. Unless this is porno. Unless Alabama. you're a step brother, then, then you can get it. It's like you're guaranteed. definitely yeah, it's a if guaranteed you're brother zone. Nah. Yeah. I'll I'll go deep in there and get into the real brother and real mom bangings on the porno. That's terrible because real you, mother. You have mom, real brothers brother and a mother, so. <laughs> Justin, Josh, you better watch out. <laughs> Cindy, take care because this guy's going to fuck you. <laughs> so I watched an interview of Tom Warner on a talk show, and oh, he described nice. meeting her for the first time in high school. He said he saw her walking down the hall at school, and he just went up to her and was like, I know you. I saw you in the craft when we were abducted. <laughs> and she was just shocked, and she couldn't believe that he said that because they had no idea who each other were. Neither of them had ever met each other obviously before and neither and remember these two are the ones they never talked about it you said this right. was like three years later three years later these are the two of the ones tom warner and melanie like ne- like they never spoke about it. they were embarrassed the few friends and family they told told them they were just like lunatics you're crazy like what a fucking weirdo don't like you're making this up or whatever right. So they learned, like, really quickly. So they told the family, but nobody else. Yeah, just, like, a few close family and friends. And they basically just, like, oh, you're crazy. What the fuck are you talking about? So they, like, immediately stopped talking about it. Three years goes by. Nobody's mentioning it at school or anything. And then he just walks up to her and tells her that. And so she's, like, I'm just, she was shocked. Like, there's no way he could have known that. She's three years older. They don't know any of the same people. They haven't talked about it in years. So she's... I just feel like her, like her family, going from we were at the lake, we had Dairy Queen, we were in the car, and now we are at home. I'm talking about that. What the fuck well, is going on? They're just like, and you know what was going on? I believe all right, her. So I don't know the background of this because this is so long ago. Obviously, the parents are dead, and like even the girl Melanie's in her sixties or whatever at this point. Or no, I'm sorry, she's probably like seventy. But if she told me back then, yeah, I was this we. We're at the park. We had Dairy Queen, and I was here's abducted, the thing, though. And you ended up back home. Like That's why I don't. I'm saying that. I don't know anything about the family. If they're like a religious family, like I grew up in, and this happened to us, my dad's not going to be like, "Oh yeah, that was aliens." Well, he's no, just going to not talk about it. I'm like, not and just saying, like, "Shut up, you don't know what you're talking I'm about." I'm not like, saying aliens, but I'm not going to be like, I'm not going to. I'm going to be like, what happened? I'm not. Who the fuck drugged us? Yeah, okay. but she I'm not Melanie, like, Melanie's telling the story of like being abducted on this space spacecraft and shit. So of course they're gonna be like, may, okay, no, maybe you're fucking crazy. Like maybe I won't believe that, but I'm still gonna be like, well, that's her story. Something. So, but if if I'm the dad or the whole family, something happened. Maybe I don't believe an abduction, but I'm gonna be like, what happened? We thought we were doing this and that that may be the case in but she there. only said seven minutes right they only thought it was seven minutes no the no. kid was gone the boy was gone for the boy minutes. the boy was gone well seven i just minutes. assumed if she if the jane, babysitter jane, jane shaw said seven minutes had gone by and the melanie kirchhoff family 
several hours had gone by oh. by the time she walked back to the house or whatever. Oh, because he left. She had to walk back to the house from the lake. So he got back. Well, I don't know. It's it's confusing. Not because I'm dry. It's because abduction. No, it's because you're drunk. <laughs> okay, but he got back. She was looking through the field for seven minutes, and then he just vanished. Appeared back near, but not exactly to, where they took him from, but she near. had to walk home because they were at the lake. They weren't at home. She got put back in the same spot she got taken from. Near the lake, but they put the family back at home. Well, see, if I was the dad, I'd be like, how did I get home? But they never really took the family. Yeah. They they could have still drove home and just got frozen in the house and mind wiped. But then you're, so you're saying their memory didn't stop till they got back home. So then you're still leaving your daughter at the lake. You know what I'm saying? But I don't think they drove home. They got placed at home. There's another, there's another story. So then I would be like, what happened? Why do I... When she came back home, you said the dad and the family was like, what happened? Like, I would... Yeah, he said all they remembered was being at the lake and seeing the bright light. That's it. That's a big thing to remember. And this was 69? A memory of... It's like, they don't know what the fuck... Like, they don't have the internet and TV and movies. Yeah, they don't know about aliens or anything like this. Okay, I'll give you that. Like, they don't know what the fuck happened. Exactly. So I'm thinking of not an asshole, like a 60s dad would be like, yep, I meant to be here at my house and forgot you there. And What are you talking about, you stupid bitch? <laughs> you're, such a, you're such a slut. <laughs> you talking back to me? <laughs> you're going to the nunnery. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to knock you another three hours in time. <laughs> I'm going to bang you first and give you a chance. Oh. Yep, I went there. Oh, damn. All right. <laughs> Earlier that afternoon, Tom Reed was this is a new person, by the way. So don't this you know don't associate Tom with Warner, Tom Reed, Tom J, Jane Shaw, Jane Green. Got it. Meredith, <laughs> Clark Kent, <laughs> <laughs> Melanie's you know. Melanie. Yeah. Earlier that afternoon, Tom Reed was riding in a horse show and parade. Uh, it was Labor Day weekend, by the way, September first. So he's riding in like a parade thing, horse show in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Really? After being almost injured in a riding accident, his mother Nancy decided that they were done for the day, and they, she wanted to treat the family to dinner, which was Tom, his little brother Matthew, Nancy, and Nancy's mother. After dinner, they went to close Nancy's diner, the Village Green. They left around 8.30 and decided to take the shortcut home because it was getting close to the boys' bedtime. Shortcut through the woods on country roads and access to Sheffield Bridge. Six miles south of Great Barrington, where the other stories took place, and it's pretty much in the middle of Sheffield, where the bridge is. Still all in the car with Nancy and Tom were her mother, Marion, and his younger brother, Matthew. When the grandmother turned around to speak to the children, she noticed a bright light rising from the banks of the Housatomic River, which is the river that the Sheffield Bridge crossed over. It immediately grabbed everyone's attention, and they began to become confused as to what the light was. Like, in the middle of nowhere, it's like this little covered bridge or whatever, and there's just a huge bright light coming, like, out of the like out of the water or whatever. So they're like, what the fuck? So as they exited the bridge, they saw a light spear hovering about two stories high. As it rose, Tom saw it fire rods of light. Matthew looked to the right and saw a second orange spear. As they slowly drove along, they noticed that everything became completely silent. It was like a vacuum... And they suddenly felt a pressure change as if they were underwater. The white sphere disappeared. Then Nancy noticed a disc-shaped object hovering in the sky. 
It looked similar to the turtle shell that was upside down. Tom said it looked it had to be about 100 yards long, which Jane Green, when she saw the craft, said the same thing. It was over 100 yards long. And then Melanie, when she was inside the ship, said it was huge, like a giant hospital room, but she also said it looked to be like 100 yards long. And these are all separate stories. Like, they didn't talk to each other about this. They all, like, kind of agreed how big it was. Suddenly, the inside of the car lit up as if it was daylight. After the surroundings being completely silent for a few minutes, the outside noises returned and the vacuum lifted. And, like, all of a sudden, it was, like, crickets and the cicadas and frogs and shit just started going nuts. Like, all the wildlife or whatever. Another one. Everything got super loud. And this is the last thing that they remembered. From the car. Three hours later, the Reeds found themselves back in the car. Just, they remembered all that shit going on. Boom. They wake up in the car. To them, it felt as if about 15 minutes had passed from, like, seeing all the bug, like, the the got quiet, the lights, all the bugs going crazy and shit. Said it felt about 15 minutes, but it actually had been three hours. They had fragmented memory of the lost time. The car was now off, and Nancy and her mother, Marion, were now in opposite seats. They fucked up. So they all think they were taking... Everyone immediately noticed this, that Marion was in the driver's seat, because Marion did not drive at all. Marion never drove. She didn't have a license. Like, she literally never drove them anywhere. So the fact that she was in the driver's seat was like... This is fucking crazy. Like, there's no I mean, way. Especially whether she drove or not, if she wasn't driving. And then. Yeah, <laughs> right. Boom. Three hours later, you kind of come to, and now she's in the driver's seat. Like, what the fuck happened? So they come to, and they realize, like, something's off. They all feel like something crazy just happened. So in a, peri- in a panic, Marion started the car, and she drove back to Sheffield immediately for help. Even though she didn't know how to drive? She, I mean, I guess she kind of still knew how, but she just didn't ever do it. It sounds like she did it before. I mean, she knew how to drive at some point, maybe. I don't know. You get, y'all get hung up on the wrong details. <laughs> She's not retarded or anything. <laughs> She's just old I mean, and, like, doesn't drive, I guess. Because she's a lady and she doesn't know how to do I don't say things. shit. Don't say y'all. I was listening to the story. <laughs> All right, so now we're going back to Tom J. That old bitch was taken <laughs> up by some aliens. She got back and she knew how to drive. You sure? If Will Smith could be an Air Force pilot... But then if he gets up in an alien spaceship and knows how to drive it, then vice versa could happen. If an old-ass bitch can get taken up by aliens, when she comes back, she knows how to fly a car. <laughs> <laughs> that's how to fly the car. Vice versa. Yeah, that's, that's the true. rule of vice versa. That's the rule of vice versa. <laughs> you got me there. All right. So we're going back to Tom J. Which, uh, he was the radio DJ. Thomas J. Just Tom J. He hates bees. <laughs> This guy knows <laughs> he was the radio DJ that Jane Green and Mary reported their sighting to. Tom Jay was at the station that night and heard the calls coming in over his ham radio. He heard so many calls that he actually called the police department to see if they were hearing about it as well. He then got on the air and asked for listeners to call him and report what they had seen, where they had seen the UFOs. So remember, he's hearing all these calls come in. People are calling him. He's hearing people on, like, the ham radio, which is a thing in the 60s, I guess, the way people communicate. And, like, at a certain point, he gets so ridiculous that he gets on the air and is just like, all right, well, we'll make a segment out of this. Like, people call in and see what's going on. So this wasn't, like, a thing where people heard, like, on the radio. It was like, oh, I'm going to call in, too, for fun or whatever. Right. Like, it was, you know, this is already all happening. This would lead to later when people would actually... 
call in with fake stories. And for song requests. <laughs> yeah, right? Oh, what was what was bopping in the 60s? Is that Beatles? They Maybe. didn't late get 60s. to America in 60, till 63. Oh, so this is late 60s. You said 69, 69 right? Yeah, yeah. so this what's so bop- fuck. Beatles is banging are, back then? No, Beatles are over. Beatles uh, broke up in 68. Okay. So we are Zeppelin. We are Sabbath. Hardcore of... Um, the good stuff. The good stuff. Good stuff. Nice. Good 60s. He received reports in Pittsfield, Stockbridge, Lenox, Egremont, Sheffield, and Great Barrington. He also received reports from nearby Cannon, Connecticut. The calls were coming in from groups of people that in most cases had never met each other before and were just ordinary citizens. Mothers, fathers, you know, business owners, stuff like that. So it wasn't like a bunch of kids making prank calls. It was like legitimate people. It's believed that these radio reports have since been erased. So in the Unsolved Mysteries episode, they go to the radio station, and it's not the same guy because that guy's dead, I'm assuming, because he's been super old. But Is this the old Unsolved Mysteries we're talking about? No, this is the new one just came a out a couple years one. ago. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't think they don't have a host. No, I don't. there's not really any it's need just for stories. it. It's right. just stories. But anyway, they go to the radio station, they talk to the guy there, and he kind of explains to them that it's not really abnormal for everything to be erased i mean this is 50 years ago and everything was on like actual tape back then it was right, no why digital would they keep shit everything exactly they couldn't keep everything because everything was on tape it's not digital but usually in my mind everything important so it's like yeah we had a flood and it's erased yeah I'm, we, I'm we, didn't have, we didn't have enough room for that so we like nasa with the moon footage that oh, we accidentally recorded over it my bad yeah well I feel like something like this happened, you would save it, right? Even if it was your own personal... Like, if I worked at a radio station and something like this happened, I would save it personally. Even if the radio station didn't... I'd bring it home. If you're at a radio station in a podunk town where nothing goes on, you would Holy shit! Right? Do you have host settings? I'm saving it. Right? So that's kind of like... But... Government cover-up, right? Yeah, exactly. So that's going to come up in a minute, too. Yeah, so I put in my notes, you'd think they would save something like that. I mean, I would. Right. The Great Barrington Police Department did not save any records on the reports either, because they said the most significant sightings were in the town of Sheffield. So Sheffield resident Eddie Gulotta recalled that shortly after the sightings, people told his father, who was the chief of police in Sheffield during the event, about the flying object they had seen, the lights, the abductions, all that. The witnesses said that they even saw objects taking off and landing in the fields near Sheffield. So more than one object. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't think that much of that. You know, you're hung up on it being more than one, but I. I assume that it was one ship, but I guess it could have been multiple. They're saying you saying objects. It did say that. It could have just been the way I wrote this. I don't know. People saw a ship or multiple ships taking off and landing in the fields in Sheffield. In one field. Multiple fields. Like they saw multiple things or whatever. Okay. Seems like so his dad, he, his dad, the chief of police, didn't believe the sightings were genuine. He's like, that's a bunch of fucking hubba bubba. I'm not believing any of this shit. Hubba bubba. So he didn't, he didn't take it serious. He didn't make any official filings or reports or like notes at the station or whatever. Uh, Eddie recalls going out at night and trying to see something or whatever, but they never did see anything after that. I do that here too. I'm in the country and I see all these stars. I'm like, please show me something. <laughs> Never happens. 
So, like I was kind of saying this earlier, Tom Warner recalled discussing his experience with his friends in the following months. However, after a while, he decided to stop telling people about it because everyone thought he was crazy. People avoided him and he even lost some friends over it. So, eventually, he got to the point of not talking about it anymore. Fuck yeah, dude. I'm and trying to get laid. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, you're going into high school. I don't want to be the weird kid. Exactly. So, he just quits talking about it. Good for you, Tom Warner. Uh, later in life, he decided to paint the experience as a form of therapy. And they show that on the uh, Unsolved Mysteries episode. Melanie recalls that her sister always believed her. Remember, that's the family of the Dairy Queen mm -hmm. leak episode. And she also told her boyfriend at the time about it. And he always believed her. But that's about the only two people she ever talked about it with. And he she probably just she said that. She, he, he died. Back he then? Died. No, well, I don't know. At some point he died. So she basically doesn't ever talk to anybody about it. Uh, so they were, at like, the time, it said they were the only ones that knew about it, and she never told anybody else. So apparently, she only told her boyfriend at the time and her little sister. That's the only two people she ever talked about it. And, and he then died. Tom Warner shows up at high school and is just like, I saw you on the ship. So there's like no way that he could have overheard that or whatever. If he was a peeper. <laughs> <laughs> Probably like her little sister. Little 10-year-old peeper. Yeah, it could have been. Could have banged her little sister, I guess. I mean, he was or, the same age as her little sister, though. Well, he might have close been a, to it. He might have been one of those early-time gays. and Banged the boyfriend? That's true. What so happened on the boyfriend? He died. He died. He's he died? He did. Oh, well, no. I don't, I don't know, know he, what happened. I don't know if he did earlier. You're, you're, these people. I are, like, I, I want to close out all the, like, uh, loose ends. Loose ends, yeah. yeah. So, because it happened so long ago and it only just came to light, like, basically that Unsolved Mysteries episode, there's like, stirred up a bunch a of shit up. Left out because yeah. we can't, we don't there's know. No, there's no way to know any of this stuff. Right. Like, it's just, the information's just not there. Tom Reed, when he went to high school, he would actually talk about his experience openly. Uh, this led to fights with other students. Was and, he good? Hmm? Was he good? Good fighter? Probably not. I think he got the shit beat out. I think he got shit pushed in big time. <laughs> he was always open. pushed in. <laughs> he was always open about it and was always wanting to talk about it. But the other kids obviously ridiculed him. He caused a bunch of fights. They probably called, told him he was full of shit. And he was like, no, it really happened. And, you know, just caused a bunch of trouble. So his mom, Nancy on the other hand, did not tell anybody about it outside of a few people in the diner who, like, wanted to talk to her about it. Because she saw it, too? Or no? Just what he had told her. So she that's the people in the car, remember? The grandma. Okay. So she saw the lights and shit, and then where they woke up three hours okay. later and had the missing time or whatever. So she didn't like to talk about it. The she grandma? No, Nancy's the mom. The grandma. She's old. She's out, like, she's yeah, out of the picture. Nobody she's gives dead, a shit right? So... Nancy didn't talk about it with anybody. She even like told Tom, her son, not to talk about it because it's like he wasn't getting along with anybody. The only people she talked to it about was a couple people at the diner who like asked her about it. Maybe other witnesses or something. So she noticed that people treated them differently. She noticed her kid getting bullied and getting in fights and shit. So she like she didn't like to talk about it. She hated the experience. She like don't you know she didn't want anything to do with it. So people started, like, treating him as outsiders at that point and even noticed, like, people tailgating her, following her around and shit. One driver actually followed her up her driveway and, like, told her not to talk about it or whatever. Really? Men in black shit, right? See, that's one of those, you should have a gun if you're a homeowner. Because you can shoot them. You should if have the a gun no matter what. 
It's true. No matter what you own, anybody no, should have a gun. Everybody a gun. should have. We need to get more guns onto the streets. Yes, more the problem the is, streets. there's not enough guns out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the biggest thing. If we had more guns, if we had better guns, if we had bigger 50 guns, cow bazookas, yeah, everywhere. <laughs> if we had a fifty cow bazooka on every street corner, no more. I was going to say black. <laughs> I was going to say black shootings, but no more white people shooting up schools. Keep that in the episode. Here's a good one. One man in the diner jumped up on the table and exposed himself to Tom and Nancy saying, Nice. Here's my hash browns. <laughs> you want to see something out of this world, Nancy? I'll show you something out of this world. <laughs> really, dude? So he flops his dick out. <laughs> good see, if, I, if I was... <laughs> Got your bitch. If I was a, like a Nancy friend and I... I was like a guy that went to that diner every day for breakfast. Punching that dick, huh? Hell yeah. Overall, you don't talk to Nancy like that. <laughs> she had the best eggs and bacon in town. I don't want breakfast so bad right now. <laughs> Overall, the experience was very hard on her. Eventually, she decided... Oh, I bet it was. It was very hard on her. <laughs> Eventually, she decided to sell the diner and the house and move away. All because oh, with her diner? Dick? Yeah, I said that. Like, the very beginning. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Nice. So, yeah. So, they... This obviously wasn't a good experience for them. They like they couldn't stay there and they left. So Jane Green was relieved to learn that others had seen the UFOs because she was certain that no one would believe her. Uh, recent stories about the U.S. Navy pilots seeing UFOs has led her and others to feel more comfortable about telling their stories. The really recent ones? Like from about, I think I put on here about 2015 when no, some stuff come out. we've talked about those a couple episodes. Around 2015-ish is when a couple of things started leaning the other way ufos got to the point of it being like you weren't crazy they started like having a few credible sources and stuff that's kind of when it well because those videos came out and it was like exactly so so a few of these people that hadn't told this story in 45 years started talking about it again and then that led to the unsolved mysteries episode which led to a few other things being talked about i don't have to go watch these episodes because i don't remember those at all Cause I've never been a really, I've never been a UFO guy, but now I'm kind of get, I'm swaying the other way. So Melanie noted that she had no reason to make up her story. It was not a fun or positive experience. She has not profited off of it in any way. She got a shit pushed in, right? <laughs> Everybody in the story got their shit yeah, pushed in. Yeah, maybe. Tom Warner states that he feels better now that more people are coming forward with their experience. Jane hopes that people will be more open minded about UFOs and their experiences. So, a little bit about, I did a little, like, investigation. A few people, like, kind of poked into it. Poked into it, yeah. So, Berkshire historian Gary Lavelle looked into the case, but could not find any reports of any UFO sightings in the local newspaper for the month of September 1969. He believes that it was not reported because people thought it was a joke. In fact, he talked to a local editor who said that they heard about the sightings, but they explicitly did not put the stories in the paper because they were sure they were fake and he didn't believe them at all. It's kind of like at this time, like, oh, this is stupid. Like, you know, nobody. Same thing with the cop. He didn't put it in the report. The radio didn't save any of the stuff because they thought it was a hoax. The newspaper didn't print anything about it because they thought it was a hoax. But he did talk to a local Sheffield police officer who recalls being dispatched to look for the UFO and several reports. So they do have at least one police officer who can say, yeah, they actually had a bunch of reports and this is real or whatever. 
Oh, show. So when Netflix decided to revamp the show Unsolved Mysteries and feature the story of the Berkshire UFO incident, Jane Green was contacted by the show about the sightings, and she learned from her sons that they had experienced similar sightings around the same time period. However, they had never spoken about it in over 50 years. So she was the one who was out with her friend member in the car, and she had a husband and kids. Well, she mentioned it to the radio DJ and has literally never spoken about it since. When the show came out and they were contacting people who were witnesses, she decided, like, she's talking to her kids about it. I mean, she's like 80-something years old at this point. And they basically told her that when they were kids, they all, like, around the same time period, they saw a UFO, like, in their yard or whatever. They had never told her about it, and she had never told him about them about her story or whatever. So they say. That's stupid. Why would you not? That's too big of something to not say anything. Dude, these people are all embarrassed by this. Like I've been saying over and over again. Well, why don't their brothers... I would tell my brother, at least. For the Like there was a real like negative culture. Did they see it together? The brothers? Yeah. Yeah. And they never talked to it? Not to their mom, at least. I don't know. Stupid family. He's lying. Back then, if kids talk to adults, they got the shit slapped out of yeah, them. Yeah, no, you told your mom, mom that, she'd probably beat the shit out of you and tell you you're a fucking liar. No. Wash Back then, if soap. I told my mother and then she told the dad. You'd probably get, like, committed into a fucking mental institution she or would. some shit. Who gives a shit about her? She this would. is like 1969, dude. If you start talking about shit like that, they'll just tell you you're crazy and put you in a fucking nut house. Yeah, I mean, you could tell her. If she tells the dad, then yeah, she's committed. But, I mean, you're fine. <laughs> you know, went up in, like, special classes in, in the back of the fucking no riding a short bus to school. back then. All right, let's move this along. This episode's running long. It's super long. Just like my schlong. In a recent interview with the Knoxville Come on, News. we all know it's not that big. Huge. Beer me. Another one. So, in a recent interview with the Knoxville News Sentinel, Tom Reed said that the encounter has been a talk of the town for years. He took a polygraph test 10 years ago to confirm that he's telling the truth, or at least he believes the telling the truth, that he's telling the truth about this encounter. But you said to remind you about the polygraph. Yeah, so... Oh, yeah! (laughs) I I don't actually know that much about polygraph, and I kind of wanted to see how much weight that actually held or whatever. From what I understand, polygraph are not that accurate, right. and it's pretty easy to beat. It's not actually a way, a lie detector test. It's kind of more like to be able to... The thing I've like learned monitors from... monitors your heart rate. The, the thing I've learned from true crime episodes... Like if you're nervous or not. You are fucked either way. Pretty do much. not take it if they ask you to do it. Because one, if you're telling the truth, you're going to be nervous. And you're, it's going to show up that you're lying. If you're lying, then you're just lying. I mean, well, either not, way, you're fucked. It Don't. doesn't. It doesn't say whether or not you're telling the truth. It or really not. doesn't fucking it, matter it lets, because it lets them know if you're being if you're uncomfortable about talking about a specific. Well, I'm uncomfortable if fucking authority figures are, are asking me any question. Any, it doesn't really matter because because well, polygraph a, tests story. are not admissible in court. Right. Anymore, so it don't really. Matter. They're not admissible in federal court. The state court, it's up to you to decide. But Oh. Interestingly enough, the job for the federal government, almost every one of like important jobs, you have to take a polygraph, like as a character, a character polygraph yeah. test or whatever. I've heard that, which is kind of weird. It's not admissible in court, but then to get a job with the government, you have to take a I'll polygraph. I listened to test. A, a podcast where the guy was being a CEO in a, a prison, 
and you have to take a polygraph test, or just to be a police officer in general. And you're, I mean, the whole point is it's it registers heart rate fluctuations. That's all the right. Thing. So the funny thing I wanted to talk about, I didn't, I had never heard of this before, because I actually listened to a podcast about polygraph tests and learned a bunch of shit. There's a variation. Where they, they, to register your breathing, they put these little tubes over your chest to see, like, your respiration or whatever. Apparently, one of the original intentions of a polygraph, they made them to go around your dick. And then they would show you pictures of little kids. See if your dick or gay Or, like, all of other men. And they would see if you were a pedophile or, a, or gay based on that. Like, if you became erect or, like, if your penis moved or anything. <laughs> I just thought that was the funniest fucking thing. It holds up. We should. Yeah, we, we should, should definitely do that. <laughs> you want to be a priest? But I always had an idea. Like we should all grab each other's dicks, and if you get hard, <laughs> you're gay. That's a good one too. I'm gonna be scared. What if you get hard? It's a weird time in, <laughs> in my house. I mean, I, I mean, I get hard randomly all the time. Yeah, I do too. It's not. It's not admissible. I think it's just like and bro court. <laughs> I'm actually a, a cuddler, so I'm just gonna be like, oh. Body heat on my dick. Look, I'm wondering about that. J Rod, welcome to my erection. I, <laughs> I'm a. Cuddler. I get boners like very easily. You know, like if I see my wife like getting dressed, a fucking see, yeah, like, she hates. Hard. She hates me I'm on that. Rock hard, like anything. Like if I like rub up against her butt when she walks by, I'm rock hard. Like she took if she touches off. me, I'm rock hard. Like she took her pants off the other day to change into her pajamas, and I was like, fuck. And she's like, you're always hard. I'm just like. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I mean, what do you want me to do? I'm not a gay. If I see a naked girl, I'm going to get fucking rock hard. No, it's just, I don't, it's her. It's like she got a big old booty and I'm like, it's a compliment. You hate hate on me for getting a boner, but then if I wasn't getting a boner, you'd be like, who's your other bitch? And I'm like, I mean. The lose, lose. Yeah, exactly. You hated on me for getting a boner when you pulled your pants off, so I, I, for some reason, my dick just quit. I mean, it's not my fault. He's, a very, right. he's a very shy, and I mean, so you bullied him into not coming up anymore. Tom Reed, I got like a quote for him uh, about like just something he said on that interview. He said, "I talk about this because I'm on the campaign to straighten out or clear up any of the earlier tabloids or cartoon-like coverage, which is unfair. It's not fair to those people who gave who who've going out on a limb to support this." So he kind of like launched a campaign i guess you'd call it a few years ago to kind of like set the record straight and then like talk about it more or whatever reed has numerous documents that confirm the event happened and was disappointed that none of that showed up in the unsolved mysteries episode so he has letters that include a 2015 letter from massachusetts governor charlie baker recognizing his family's off-world incident on september 1st 1969 he also has letters from the Great Barrington Historical Society, planning an event around the incident, and another confirming the local radio station's broadcast of the event. And uh, apparently he's got a website. You can go there and read them, which I didn't do. Just seems kind of silly. But apparently he's got, like, legitimate proof. So, radio station 1420 WSBM, based out of New Bedford, Massachusetts, had read on its show called Spooky South Coast back in 2018, when he said that the 1969 encounter was actually the third time that he and his brother had encountered the assumed spacecraft. So you're losing some credibility here, in my opinion. That's why I put it in here, though. The first, as he described, seeing an aircraft that looked like a turtle shell 
1966, which is one of the other people said that. I think yeah, it was an uh, upside down turtle. Show. Yeah. He said that him and his brother also saw the same craft in 1967. He said it had panels of some sort, was about 60 feet around, didn't see any landing gears or window, and it looked completely sealed up. So he told the show that the UFO on the 1969 encounter was different. He said it resembled an upside-down Hershey kiss. To film this segment of the show, Reed went back to the site of the incident, and he described that there was a very odd feeling. He physically felt the change. He gets uncomfortable, like an uneasiness or anxiety. It's a change um, in the atmosphere kind of thing, I think. No, he just means like physically him. I guess the whole thing just yeah, affects like him. The air. It's, I think they suck the air out. Of, that's what I've heard. Suck the air out of your dick? Oh, shit. No, I thought like when he was picking them up or when No, he yeah, saw, they did say like, that. He it, said like, they, like a vacuum or whatever. Yeah. That was uh, Tom Warner, though. This is Tom Reed, the guy in the car or whatever. So, so yeah, yeah, I mean, he, they're doing the same thing. Well, yeah. yeah. It's all, it's all makes sense. Suck in the air. So he says even 50 years later, there's still a strong emotional response. He's very uncomfortable and he does not like it. An interesting note I put, Reed, Tom Reed has been telling his story for 51 years, and it's exactly the same for 51 years. That's not the one that changed his UFO shape? No, that is. Yeah, that's the same one. Oh, he said he changed it. No, from I didn't a, say he didn't change it. From a turtle it. to a Hershey No, he kiss. said he had, he he's saying he had three encounters with UFOs. Oh, okay. The first two were turtle-shaped. The third one was an upside-down okay. Hershey kiss, which is still kind of turtle-shaped. It's just got like a different thing around the bottom or but whatever. But you just said yeah. he never changed his story for 51 years. He didn't. Apparently, he's been talking about all three of them this whole time. I don't feel like that's a reason to be believable. You had one story that you I just, didn't say it was... I mean, just... I'm not saying you are saying. I'm just saying, for me, that doesn't really hold any water because, okay, you just had one story... Just because you haven't changed it? Yeah. yeah that doesn't really... Well, he took the polygraph and all that. He really believes... Uh, the, See, the results of the polygraph, by the way, I just didn't even mention that. The, they He did the polygraph and they, without a doubt, decided that he really believes this happened. Yeah, but... There's no doubt in their mind he really believes this happened to him. Did we talk about that with polygraph tests? If you believe you're not lying, then it is? Well, that's the thing. It's not a lie detector test. It's to determine if you believe what you're saying or not. not, Did we talk about that? No. A a little bit. Okay, so yeah, if you you just believe it, then you're fine. Yeah. It's just, it all goes on like heart palpitations. But if you're an actual, if you believe what you're saying, then your heart's going to be steady yeah. yeah it's through it's like through sweat you're breathing your heart and i don't remember something else or whatever yeah. but there's a method where you clench your butthole but they so know I heard about, that so I, read about that, I heard about that too we talked yeah. about that in an earlier episode it's when something I with your about, blood pressure like yeah, you clench your butthole and it makes the blood pressure higher and then you unclench it and it like Blood pressure slower. There's another method of like a thumbtack in the in your, in your shoe. shoe, like prick yeah. your toe every they time know. you answer the question. They know what you're doing. All the stuff that you thumbtack think... in your butthole. <laughs> That's a surefire way to be. All the stuff you think to beat a polygraph test, like going crazy the <laughs> yeah. entire time. Like we can't get a reading. Are you okay, bro? Like <laughs> just believe. Take this guy to the hospital. His blood pressure's a thousand. <laughs> believe your lies and you'll be okay. But if it's a lot. Just say if you murdered somebody. Well, here's the thing. that Tom Reed was a 10-year-old kid. There's easily, like, something could happen 
a little funny in your memory and then you believe it till you till you die like yeah. i have no problem my memories i obviously think they really happen so if i took a lie detector test on any memory I, that i have i think when he said he changed to a hershey shape he, didn't, he didn't change, change it, it. That's what I thought you had said. No, he oh. didn't change it. He just had said he never commented on the shape of the ship or oh, whatever. Okay. Well, you ruined it. For yeah. me. All right, close That's it, it out. It's a good UFO to do story. It? I think you close close out I your story. I think that uh, I'm we not used get, to doing we it. Gotta get the know. final thoughts. Final thoughts. Yeah, I I actually am inclined to believe this one more than a lot of other stories. There's I was very intrigued. There's a lot of proof. "Quote unquote," and with this, in my opinion, this is one of the ones that seems pretty good to me. I mean, if you're gonna believe any of them, this is this was as good as any to believe. See, my thing is the not the little kid, but the the girl that was with her family, and then they're all like the Melanie Kirchhoff. The fuck are we doing here? But I don't remember if he said that they believed any of that or they were like because I don't like how they're just not they're just like oh yeah we're here it's fine. And the then pro- never said the problem about it. with this kid is like a 13-year-old, and this has happened 50 years ago. Her parents are dead. Her and her sister are in their 60s now. Like, it's just hard to, like, probably hard for her to remember exactly what her mom and dad said when she got home and I stuff don't like that. I shit when I was 13 years old. So, that's what I'm saying. I, I was thinking about that, too, and I was... Like, I can't remember when I was 13. That's just 20 years right. ago. I don't remember anything from when I was 13. Maybe something like this happened, you would remember it, but... I pooped my pants. I believe that. <laughs> right now? Maybe. <laughs> what do y'all think about it? I don't remember it. About pooping her pants? No, about the Berkshire. <laughs> no, dude, I don't, know. I don't know. That was the one that seemed pretty uh, believable to me. I agree. I think it's very believable. I feel like they're all liars. I want to believe this. I want extra evidence. Oh, really? There's only so much evidence. Oh, excuse me. I'm getting was there, tired. Was there blizzards like melted? Yeah, let's talk more field? about this ice cream. <laughs> I don't know. The con cluster is the best <laughs> blizzard. I think I like the Butterfinger or whatever blizzard. I'm a Butterfinger guy. Y'all don't have steak fries at this. My uh... y'all, you live here fucking 25 years. I'm from Texas, dude. We they have steak fries. You have chicken fries or chicken strips. You have steak steak strips. Steak, Texas? Yeah, yeah. Nice. Oh, they don't have they don't. You don't have the dude. The dude is a big fucking like country fried steak in bun like a burger. Uh, I came. <laughs> Remember that? Glad I'm, I'm glad you were making <laughs> eye contact with me when you when you uh, came. Uh, uh, <laughs> I just came. I feel like it brings us closer. <laughs> Oh, so believer, believer. I'm on the fence. I'm on the fence. Ever since I've been, doing, I'm on the fence of yes. Ever since I've lean been doing yes. research for yes. the podcast, I feel like I've become more of a non-believer. Ever since, see, because you you were a believer before, yeah. correct? Now I that never I research, I joke like I, I don't believe any of this ever, like in my life. Now that I research, I'm on the believer of yes. I'm on the other side of. It. I'm gay for yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna say you're pro gay now. They're just making it up because they're a bunch of fucking weirdos. It just matters. It depends on the story. As far as this one's pretty more good. believable, I would say yeah, but also I don't believe. It. Okay, I don't believe anybody that tells me anything. All else. right, it's true. Yes or no? One, two, three. Yes. No. Yes, I'm going right. yes on this two one. Two yes, one no. I convinced myself. You suck. <laughs> 
It does not get the Dirty D guarantee. No guarantee from me. Alright. It's a yes from most of us. It's a no from Dirty D. So, we're going no. Alright, so thank you guys for listening to this episode. This is J-Rod's third main episode. This is J-Rod's main topic. He's come back to the show. Coming back to the show. Y'all let me know what you think. Leave a review or a Facebook comment. He came all over uh, Gmail email. Dick pic. Gmail email. Send me a dick pic. I'll send you back one of mine signed. Down it. Too much red. <laughs> <laughs> you just look like a clown's head. <laughs> the red eye feature of my camera just edits my dick out. <laughs> it's a great wall of China, son. Yeah. China. All right. Take us home. All right, guys. Please like us and share us on Facebook. Love us on Instagram. Uh, leave us a review. No, sorry. Rating on Spotify, review and rating on Apple Podcasts. We just did a, another a new review well, of our last episode. Chode Water. Yeah. Yeah. Again, thanks for that awesome review, El President Chode awesome. Water. Great review. Awesome name. We yeah. told we shared it on the episode. If you give us a good review, we're gonna share it on the episode. If you send us some fucking credentials through our Bear Conspiracy Show at gmail.com email, we'll send. I'll send you some fucking stickers and stuff. Tell us where to send it. Yeah, we won't murder you at all. How am I gonna? How am I gonna murder him through a fucking email? How are you gonna send him <laughs> a sticker <laughs> through an email? How are you gonna download a hoagie <laughs> off the internet? <laughs> I don't know what to do. <laughs> I don't know what to do. All right, thank you guys for listening. If you didn't listen, and oh, you do your thing. <laughs> so drunk right now. Do your thing. Jesus Christ. We keep it sexy. You listen. You gotta keep it sexy. Hips and nips all night. I'm a pony. I'm a pony. Don't you feel like a pony when you sweat?